What's going on, everybody? This is Joshua Bishop, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name You wanna go where you can see That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers Where everybody knows your name Even if you look like a troll from Troll 3 Even though that's not a movie yet, but... Could be, I think. I don't know how those moves. Anyway, this is Wrestling Cheers, where we like to discuss things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows and we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews. This will be a review show, as we will be reviewing AIW's Ain't Nothing But a Gangsta Party. And we are brought to you by Trending Topics Network and NEO Sports Insiders. Please head on over to wherever you're listening to this fine podcast and rate, review, and subscribe. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, and Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. You can follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, Instagram, Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers, and email, if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we still have merch over at whatamaneuver.net. Get yourself a t-shirt, hoodie, muscle shirt, whatever, whatever it is. Help support the show. And of course, we are still planning on doing the Chandler Biggins tribute episode. So please, if you need any information for that, it was in the intro to last week's show. I'm not going to go over it as full, but just send us uh, your audio file to wrestlingcheers at gmail.com. Just start off with your name and if you're a fan or wrestler or whatever and say your piece and then we'll, we'll put it on to the show. That should be out within probably, I think, by the end of June. So you have time, but get it in before... Before you forget. Anyway, I am your host. I am heavy set. Like I said, we'll be talking about AIW's Ain't Nothing But a Gangster Party. And we are being joined by on this episode, which a lot of people wanted to talk about this show, but only currently one person gets to. There was someone else who was supposed to be part of the show. Caden was supposed to be part of the show, but he said he, he unfortunately could not make it tonight. And I couldn't find anybody as a last minute fill in. But we still have myself, and we also have Dustin Alberti. I'm here, guys. It's okay. If anybody can talk about things that were real awesome and real good, I actually requested to do the show because it blew my mind, and I'm pretty sure it blew everybody in their mind. Every single part of the show was fantastic. It was a fun show. Absolutely fun show from top to bottom. Also, for those who didn't know, this was the, uh, not say the first, but like what, the, it's been the second show since I've been going that AW owner John Thorne wasn't there. And that was a, a big, big deal. Uh, the guy running the show didn't necessarily book everything, but he was the guy in charge of everything was none other than Dominic Greeny. Yeah, I, I think it was his only show not being there. I think he's been at every AW show. I thought I he, I, I thought he, there was one that he missed uh, when his mom died. No, he came. Okay. 
He came. No, it was just this one this one show. It's the first show ever where Biggins or Thorne both weren't there. Obviously, Biggins yeah. fast. But yes, the it's the first ever show without an owner being there. Yeah. And that was that was a very big deal. And that's actually how the night did start off. I didn't really take much notes on, on, on that particular incident, but you know, you pretty much almost like absolution about everything going on with Biggins or uh, that had gone on and then the passing of Biggins. This was more of less, uh, the whole roster coming out surrounding the ring. Uh, Steve Guy said a, a, a couple words and then it was the microphone was headed over to Matt Wadsworth, who had his own, own spiel on it. And it was, you know, kind of a little, obviously a little bit, a lot more positive than everything with Biggins. It was like, Hey, you know, we, I know we got all this stuff going on, but like, let's, let's have a great night. Let's send some positive vibes to John Thorne. And, you know, like at least like, let's be able to go back with some good news. And, you know, as of this recording, uh, Thorne has been released from the hospital. So. If, you know, whatever you're into, your thoughts and prayers out, out to him. And uh, it definitely, it was a definitely a great night. I I don't know if you would agree with this. I feel like this is the best rap show in a while. Like, a, I, at least a couple years. I posted that in my six, seven-ish years of going, uh, it's close to seven years now, mm-hmm. of going to AIW shows. Um, this is definitely a top ten show. I never really sat down and thought of it. I mean, it could be a top five show. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, I would say, top to bottom, maybe the most fun rap show. I don't know about the best rap show, but it was definitely one of the most fun rap shows Yeah, that they've had. It's definitely, I would say, in the um, traveling slash Mount Carmel years. Yeah. Uh, I'd put it right up there with like Wrestle Ranger 2, which I thought was a ton of fun and uh no sleep till brooklyn was also a ton of fun no sleep till brooklyn uh, is one of my favorite shows yeah so i mean i definitely and i think that all three of those shows are all three of those shows in particular are fun for different reasons so i think that's uh i think it it says something because anybody who's seen those other two shows knows how good those shows are and it, shows are and especially if you were live at those shows yeah i think i think all those shows have something i think even this show had something special about mm-hmm. it live the crowd was hot the entire night uh opening it up with like the thorn like you said the thorn like we're thinking about them type thing yeah i think that i think that that kind of kept everything going and then there was a lot of good crowd interaction which you said trolls three you meant leprechaun three but we can all forgive you I think it's because um, I, I looked at a uh, a tweet and someone put like hashtag troll or something like a yeah. It's not necessarily on the feed because I always keep the wrestling cheers uh, results feed up when we're when we're talking about it to know exactly what we we were tweeting out for that show that we're talking about. But, but I remember seeing that afterwards because I mean we'll, we'll get into that whole thing. I'd rather wait till the match because I think it shows just this roller coaster of a night and you just just looking at the card. The thing that I do love that AIW's been doing it's like and I think I've, I might have said it on on the show before is I think it's it's a blessing and a curse that they don't announce every match anymore. There's always going to be a couple tucked away. Blessing because I think as fans, when all of a sudden someone's music hits and we don't know that that person was booked, then that adds like, oh, okay, okay. And then you get matches like, you know, the, you know, the, the, I would say the tag team match, but that, that, that started off as a, you know, a regular tag team match. And then the other teams happen to start piling out like after the match has started, but we'll get, 
we've gotten a certain four-way matches and, and different shows where it's like one person comes out, second person comes out, like, oh, okay, it's going to be this person, this person. Then the third person comes out and goes, oh, okay. And then the fourth person comes out. And so that builds to, okay, this is a match we didn't know was going to happen. Now we get it instantly. Okay. Curse because we do the preview shows and, oh, I could have talked about this this show or even as a fan side of it of maybe i didn't think someone was going to be booked so i didn't bring money to buy something from them that i wanted or maybe if like for example because i think there's been times where space monkey hasn't been announced i mean granted this show which actually benefit if you listened to the show last week you knew that space monkey dan housen and facade were going to be in a match but there was a fourth person that was added that we didn't know about so we got a cool inside scoop but with Space Monkey, if people wanted to bring bananas, they didn't know if they don't listen to the show. And I think there was only like one person who brought bananas. Yeah, I, I understand that. I think I think a lot of it has to do with the you never know who's going to show up. You never know what matches are going to happen. Yeah. So you should be there. And that's it, it's a it's a good like you said, it's a blessing and a curse. But I think that that's a good it's a good selling point. Like I know, like if I have to miss a show, I'm always bummed about it because you never know what's going to happen. Like you never know who's going to be there. Yeah. You never know if someone's going to cancel and they need to get a last minute replacement, things like that. So and, you know, this, I think it's a yeah. This this was a show with with a return. This was a show with a m- couple mystery this, matches and one of them that I don't even know how to describe. It's more you know the the tag team match towards the end of the yeah. night. Yeah. Um, but there's one person that I'm actually happy they don't announce his matches anymore. Tim Downs? Yeah, it has nothing to do with my, my personal preference for him or me always constantly booing him. I, I kind of like this whole thing of this guy was in the title picture. This guy was booked on every single show, and I think even when he had cancer, he only missed... I mean, did he miss a show? I think he missed... He missed, he missed one. A couple shows. He missed I think a- he missed... Was it Jaylet? Did he miss all of Jaylet? No, because I think Jaylet was when the announcement happened with Gage. It, there was another show that he they, they were doing that cancer benefit show, like he was doing one where he lives, and I think that was the same time as the AIW show. So I know he missed that one, but still, even when he had cancer, he he was still at pretty much every show, maybe missing one, if not two. But you know, he, he was a guy that was like I said, booked on all these shows, booked almost constantly in the title picture. So now. Let's not announce his matches. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually a hundred percent. Like last, as I have a cagematch.net up, I look at the Tim Dons match from last month, Gauntlet for the Gold 13, and if I'm correct, it wasn't even announced. It was one of those matches. Donst came out, and then maybe like Gringo Loco, then Russ Myers and Shane Mercer, whatever, however, whatever order it was. I at this point, I'm expecting Donst in matches, but the fact that I don't know them is interesting, and I kind of like that. Yeah, and the fact that he'll like you don't know if he's gonna be there or not. Like there could be a show where you're like, ah, oh, we're gonna get like the mystery dance match and he might not be there. You never Though, know. It's one of those things where it could be like a we're expecting it and it just never comes type thing. With what we did see with Donst at this show, I think Donst could very well be in matches soon that are announced. We'll get to that when we talk about it. Kind of just going over little aspects of the card of the night. I think another thing is a huge hats off to one of my favorite parts of AIW. And I, th- I felt like they, they shine once again tonight. I know I put them over a lot, but the production. The production 
really always adds to a show. They were only announced for one match, technically. And that was Eddie Only versus PB Smooth. We didn't know about Danhausen. We figured, you know, the production would be there, though, because we did at least know one person was going to be there. And, you know, to have the whole interaction with Papa Shango, which you can go over to Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers and check out the video that we did post of the whole incident. Um... About a minute worth, because that's the maximum length you can post straight to Instagram. So I made sure I recorded a good minute worth of the interaction. It was it was fantastic. Um, so yeah, that I, that's something that I thoroughly enjoyed of the night, and I feel like because of what AIW is doing with guys like them, uh, no consequences, just building more characters and more local wrestlers. That it, it really does add to the enjoyment of the show. Yeah, um, I have my. I thought that the production added a lot. I have. Uh, I have something to bring up about the production for the four way match, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But yeah, the production again does a fantastic job of relatively being a coherent group, a cohesive, mm-hmm. not coherent, cohesive group, and a, a group that is finding themselves constantly having a major part in the show and being something that people remember at the end of it. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the first match of the night. And of course, PCO versus Eddie Kingston. Now this was gear Eddie. This was Eddie Kingston in a singlet, ready to throw down Eddie. That's what, that's what kind of Eddie we got there. It was a, this was a hard hitting, but two big dudes doing things that two big dudes shouldn't be doing type match. Mm-hmm. Especially PCO, who at one point does a dive over the top rope. You probably could, I don't know if you could see it from your side of the ring, mm-hmm. but from watching it from the other side, he does like one of those, like, like the flip over the top rope onto Eddie. Yeah. And when he comes down, the back of his head smacks the apron. It looks like Eddie almost power bombs him onto the mm-hmm. apron and just catches his neck. And I swear to God, I thought he was dead and he pops right up perfectly fine. And I was like, this dude is insane because like his head hit hard against the apron and he just got up like it was nothing. I'm really I'm really hoping PCO comes back flat out in between a you know the match that he had with Kingston it it was it was a great way to start off the night and also more of a a personal preference of the fact that I didn't get a picture with him or anything like he he, he's an old man I looked at his profile on cagematch.net and says he's 50 and I do believe that's what I was told he was so he left pretty early to go back to the hotel room to get some sleep before heading to Chicago the next day so I understand I'm hoping he's an entrant in J-Lit so we have at least two days with him so he can come out and have that type of interaction because I think I don't think I'm the only one there ha- I think there was more people that wanted a picture autograph whatever with PCO and like like I said before I was more excited for him than I was you know Godfather and Papa Shango yeah he was uh he's been getting hotter and hotter every time he does a show like every every yes. time he does something it's crazier and crazier and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back for another show. I don't know about a J-Lit, but uh, I mean, I could definitely see him having like a one-off match at like either like maybe like Absolution, maybe Absolution. They bring him in for some type of, they could do it some type of like indie dream match where it's him versus some other person that AIW would book that makes absolutely no sense. But you, as soon as you see it, you're like, that shit's exactly what I wanted in my life because they're really good at doing that. So, I mean, that would make sense. 
Like we'd see like it'd be like PCO versus Dan Severn and we'd be like, didn't know I wanted that until I just saw that this is what it is. Like oh, now yeah. that's what I want because that's what I came up with. And yeah, that's actually I don't, I don't know. That, that would be <laughs> I don't know where you're at great. in life, but it's where I am. The only other thing I could think of is can we pull Jacques Rougeau out of uh, retirement? I, I highly doubt it. I don't know if that guy's wrestled any times uh, lately, but whether it be a one-on-one match or just a random fucking tag team match, give me PCO and Jacques Rougeau versus the Headhunters. Yeah, see, crazy shit like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. if anything, like that's that's what I see him in if he comes back. I don't necessarily see him versus Eddie Kingston too, or I mean, they might do like a him versus Tom Waller thing, but oh. I feel like Tom Waller is kind of above that right now. Fuck, that's another match I want to see. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's plenty of things you could do with him, but it's not like you could bring him in. It would lose the mystique to bring him in every month. So it'd be one of those, we're going to bring him in for this show, and it's going to be this match type thing. PCO versus Gage. I Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think it, like, but yeah, like, the match was good. I, I can't say anything. It was... I don't think it was the uh, the hard hitting. This is so stupid. Why is everybody getting hurt? Like not like not stupid in a bad way. Like this is like these guys are doing stupid shit. That the Walter PCO match from uh, WrestleMania weekend that got all the hype was. Yeah. But it was definitely one of those. This old man is here to steal any show he's on and i'm sitting here watching it anytime it's gonna happen type matches Mm. and actually probably for the better you guys talked about in the last show eddie kingston gets his first win in god knows how long it was what you guys said december of 2016 was his last win is that what you guys said it was i do believe that's what i said i was and i was about to say that eddie kingston did win via the his back fist yeah and yeah Trying to pull up his AIW career. Yeah, I thought you guys said against the world was the last time you won. Uh, at least singles, or maybe maybe it was Absolution with him and Frankie Flynn. It was something like that, where it was kind of like, uh, man, he hasn't won in so long type thing, which you never really think about it. Yeah, because even even that match with Frankie was, yeah, that was like 2016. Thought he had won one since then. Yeah, it's a it's a few and far between thing, which is uh, very surprising for an Eddie Kingston. If I'm correct, because I don't think he won one last year. His last uh, match he won was against the world versus Erie. Yeah, I believe that's what you guys said on the last show. So yeah, I mean, that was a while ago. It was definitely a while ago. So good for Eddie Kingston getting a getting that W. And as we said, I wouldn't be surprised to see PCO back at some point for some type of crazy stupid match. But here we are. All right, the next match we had was MJF versus Lewis Linden. And I've I've often said I'm a huge I'm a fan of MJF and I think he's easily becoming one of the most hated wrestlers and people in uh AIW. Maybe Which is surprising considering he offered Lewis Linden a fantastic opportunity and job working on his yacht as the captain of his yacht. So I'm, I don't understand why he'd be so hated. That seems like a great opportunity to me. Uh, and I guess at one point there was a group of kids trying to fight him. Oh my so, God, dude, that was okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know when it happened. Okay. I saw him yell at the one girl. This but was, then I heard there was a 
group of kids to try to fight him. You had you had a group of kids, which I don't I don't know if they're regular, semi regular, or whether they were just happened to be there because of Godfather. Maybe not them. You know, maybe their dad brought them. Yeah, the kids the yeah. kids were there to see yeah. Godfather in the whole train. That's exactly what it was. They're like, oh, I used to love watching Papa Shango on the WWE Network last year those were the days anyway um you basically had these kids just just kind of talking shit and i didn't i didn't catch what they said but ethan page like called him over he's like hey like you know can you come over here come over here and like these kids were just like so fucking energetic and the one who said whatever he said to him like ethan page gave him a free autograph and then like it continued back and forth between them because as much as i know a lot of people hate mjf like a legit hatred don't know why aiw books him thinks that the gimmick is overdone thinks that there's people that have that gimmick that are better whatever it is i've always liked him for his mic work his crowd work and i feel like he always has something to say to to counter whatever what else says so he's go- going back and forth with this kid and then in the middle of it this kid like standing on on the the floor it's you know whatever kind of floor that is fucking does a backflip lands on his feet and this was literally like about a couple feet away from me and i was like holy fuck and like as he was doing the backflip i was like oh please don't fuck up because i'm i'm gonna be that the one to like <laughs> can't try to catch you but no he fucking landed it and that was like the big like oh moment and oh my god that's my favorite thing that kids do like if they're like in an argument like their way of like trying to win an argument is like i'm gonna do something real cool and they do like a backflip and then that's i mean what can you say if you can't just do a backflip back like yeah you just kind of have to concede okay sure that's how it works and that's uh like you said i people don't like mjf and i mean i get that like you're supposed to hate his character like i i understand that but like People are like, I don't get his character. What is his character? He's just a he's a spoiled kid. That's what he is. Like that's what his his character is that he is a spoiled kid. Yeah. There's no I, I don't I don't understand how people don't understand that. It's kinda he's, like what we were saying. He's the he's the spoiled kid who's been told his entire life that he's special and that he is he deserves the world and it's just how he is, because that's how he was raised. I don't understand why people don't get that. And then you, you add the fact that he's supposed to be well off. Like I never want to say rich, and it's like what was said in the last episode. I think I think when you're an independent wrestler if you yourself don't come from money, it's really hard to depict that in like promos and everything. Like you have to find whatever way possible to look like you do come from money. Yeah. And I think that's like, like with the scarf, it's a Burberry scarf. It's not like it's a cheap scarf. Yeah. It's a, it's an expensive scarf and it's not that he's, he's like the, he's the kid who went to public school. Like he didn't go to public school. He went to a private school, but he didn't go to like the number one private school, but he was definitely like, the Richard kid in the school that he was in. Like, that's like, to me, I went to like, uh, I went to a private school. I didn't go to like, I didn't go to like the number one private school in the area. Like I didn't go to the most expensive one, but there were definitely kids who I went to school with who lived in nicer houses in nicer neighborhoods who never really had to work and their parents bought them a car or they got even like even got their dad's car that was newer that they got or their family owned like a company and business so they never had to work but like it wasn't like it like that's that's the type of character that he is i don't get why people don't 
get that. I don't get the whole, I just don't get it, like... Well, then there's also, like, people who will compare him to EC3 and be like, oh, he's just he's just trying to be that. And I'm like, well, that gimmick, that gimmick's always been around. Yeah, and it, it's not exactly the same thing. It, I mean, it's similar, but it's not exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. The EC3 thing is, I'm better because I have he's money. I have all this opportunity yeah. that I don't have to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. MJF is more of the... I am better because I'm in better condition. I'm better because I don't have to work as hard as everybody else to get what I want. Like, he's not saying, like, the I'm just handed things. He's saying the I don't have to work as hard as you guys do, which is a little bit different, I guess. I just kind of realized, which I hate saying that. I just I just realized this, but it's true. The fact that MJF's catchphrase is actually a ripoff of dodgeball. Yeah. Actually, honestly... Using what was uh, the Globo Gym guy's name? What is what has been Stiller's uh, name in the thing? Dwight Goodman. Dwight. Yeah, Dwight. Or not Dwight. White Goodman. White. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's basically his character, except not as like creepy and weird. And not as muscular. Like they're 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 both a different kind of fit. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's the type of attitude. Like the I I don't have to work to get these things. I just have these things. Yeah. Uh, the things that I do have that I worked for, it came easy to me. Those types of things. But NJF continues his streak that he has going on, I believe going on within this year. He beat Lewis Linden via a triangle choke. Yeah, and that's like Lewis Linden doesn't lose very often, so that's a it's a pretty big deal. I mean, just as often as Eddie Kingston loses, Lewis Linden wins. So it's a it is a very very surprising thing. Wow! Like I I just happened to pull up MJF's uh, profile on CageMatch.net in 2017. According to this, he was in a hundred matches, which that's that's pretty good. That's that's to a weekend. Yeah, but that's pretty impressive. We are four months in, and he's at 50. Well, that's also because of WrestleMania weekend. I think he had like eight matches during WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a big one. Wow! Like looking at all the companies he was at last year is fucking nuts. And he's you know debuted in 2015. Fucking nuts. The only reason I did that, I was actually trying to pull up the MJF record, just looking at the matches that he did in 2017 and 2018 in AIW and 2017. You know, two matches, lost them both versus Dom and versus Justice. But then I do know he, he I think he was injured uh, after his match versus Matt, but it wasn't directly after. I forget what exactly happened. I was, that that also makes it for a lower number because he missed so many months. Well. Uh, yeah, because he went from a lot of matches to November and December was like 7 and 6, respectively. And the previous two months prior to that were 11 and 10. But I knew that that sidelined him a little bit. And then this year in AIW, MJF, not counting the gauntlet, because they they do count the gauntlet as a match. He's undefeated. Beat Cabanas, beat Justice, has beat Linden, and he is already in the Jayla tournament. Oh, and by the way, uh, before I forget... Josh Alexander did not win Gauntlet for the Gold. Ah, you know. Wasn't even there. You win some, you lose some. Wasn't even uh, there. But of course... Tom Waller wasn't there either, so I don't know why you're getting on my case. <laughs> but you know what? Tom Waller was at this show. We'll get to that badge, because I was about to say, one show off. One fucking show off. 
Because I think most of us, it was we pick Lawler, and then it was uh, for we pick Lawler for Jaylet or no uh, Gauntlet, and who we uh, pick for Jaylet? I picked Lawler I think, for Jaylet. We, we picked actually. I think we picked different. Like we all picked you, but yeah, yours. Your prediction for that looks better than all of ours. Um, I had Tracy Williams, who yeah, one Jaylet's. I mean, one Gauntlet for the gold, so he's you know out. Caden had Janella. You had Lawler, and Ed had Boogeyman. So probably down between i don't think boogeyman's happening <laughs> yeah so it's down between you and caden right now technically neither have been announced for jaylet but you can maybe assume both are gonna be in there yeah i would i would assume they are i would assume what there's been five announced so far if i'm not mistaken i believe so i don't have five them announced. i don't have them up in front of me uh let me think if I, let's see if i can do them all gangrel yes jody fleisch Yes. Ethan Page. Yes. MJF. Yes. Um, I'll give you a hint. Fuck Batista. What? Fuck Batista. Oh, yeah. Uh, little Guido. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, took me a go. second trying to figure out. I'm like, who is everybody? Then I remember, oh, Guido. Yeah. Guido's, Guido's making his regular. regular we need him there. J-Lip booking. So we were at MJF beating. Lewis Linden. Yep. So then we kind of, we did have a kind of a debut. I don't know that much about him. Uh, he goes by KTB or when I pull up, when I click on his link, because he actually does have a link on cagematch.net. Kyle the Beast would be the full full name for him. Or Kyle Winart. Winant. So. Yeah, I've only like seen pictures of him. I've never really... I saw him in like the clusterfuck and that's about it. Like There wasn't like too much. I've never seen him too often, but I've seen things about him. I think he does Game Changer a lot. I don't yeah. know. Something like that. He's been uh, wrestling since 2013, and I do believe Game Changer's the only one he's been at every single year. The only thing second to that is, I think, CZW, which he's every year since 2014. So yeah. he happened to have a match versus, it's it seemed like Joey Janela. Like, Joey Janela had an unannounced match. We hear the music. It's pretty fucking distinct. And, of course, it's Tim Donst. Which it was... Tim Dunst. Which, trolling the crowd. Which does make me think that we're about to see a couple matches announced from t- about Tim Donst in, in matches in AIW. So, Joey Janela versus Tim Donst, that's got to be something brewing. Yeah, you would probably. It'd be, it'd be interesting. It's weird for us to see Donst in a non-absolute title picture and looking, in, looking inside an intense title picture, but... You know, I mean, it's something different, I guess. Yeah. And Donst won via From Dusk Till Donst. I think this might have been the weakest car uh, match on the card. I think it's more or less just by by uh, the crowd because we don't take well to new names all the time. Like, I don't feel like this was a big, big one with him. And then I think the biggest thing that came out of it was the whole, is that, what, is that fucking Janela's music? What the fuck? And then it comes out to be Donst. Yeah, uh, it, it's hard on a card that has so many memorable things on it mm-hmm. to really stand out when you're just kind of a singles match with a guy that the crowd doesn't really know in KTB and then Tim Donst just kind of be in there, who's somebody we've seen every show mm-hmm. since forever. Uh, I think it's it's hard to stand out. It wasn't a bad match, just didn't didn't stand out on the card as anything that was crazy. Next up was the match that we talked about. We had Facade versus Danhausen versus Space Monkey, and then there was a f- fourth person coming out. Let me tell you something. So 
I'm sitting in there watching this happen. The first thing that I notice is Dan Housen comes out and there's no production with him, which I think is super weird. And I'm like, well, this is awkward and weird. Why is the production out there? You know, they're normally together. Yeah. And I was like, this is weird that he's not out here. So that's like the first thing I notice. And then, you know, all the entrances happen. And then, you know, like when AIW brings in a new person that we're not familiar with and their music plays. And for some reason, they always have like the longest intro to their music. Yeah. It always happened. And I'm sitting there watching this happen. I turned. I don't remember who was next to me. But I turned to him. I said, man, I can't wait for whoever this is going to be. Someone I have no idea who it is. And it's going to be like the least like the least surprising thing in the world because it's going to be somebody that nobody knows. And then as soon as I finish the sentence, out comes the fourth member of this match. Not to steal the thunder of you saying everybody who's in here, but Gary J shows up and I freak out because Gary J is somebody who I've been waiting to come back because he is just a crazy man who always goes out there and puts on a show. It was it was great to see Gary J back. It was kind of like what you said. It was like, all right, who's who the hell is this going to be? And sometimes, too, it'll be someone we know, someone who's there all the time, but they just changed up their music this month. Like, there's yeah. t- there's times with Eddie, I've gone like, who the fuck's this? Well, that's, yeah, like even this last show, Eddie had different theme music, and I was like, who's coming out now? I thought, and then it was Eddie, and I was like, oh, okay, it's Eddie. Has there been an explanation of why he changes his music so much? No, I don't think so. I don't think... I don't know. I don't know who was in charge of that. I don't know how it works. I just wonder if he comes in and says, "Nah, I want. I want it to be this this time. Like I'm gonna do this for a little while." Like he he heard he heard a song that week and was like, "All right, I'm gonna change my music everywhere for a little while." If it's something that he can normally change, I know that's probably one of my biggest tips with him is the fact that he doesn't have one particular music. So when we hear it. We can get excited. It's more like, is this who I think it is? Now, granted, I know wrestlers change their themes from time to time, but he's one that's like, who the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I definitely, whenever whenever theme music's change, it kind of bugs me. Yeah. Because then you're just like, yeah, I, I feel like it kind of loses some of the, uh, like, when, when they're coming out, like, some of the anticipation of them coming out when it's a different song and you have no idea who they are. This was, was another one of those really fun matches. I'm a huge fan of Space Monkey. I think he entertains every time he's here. So this was the first time we had seen him since late last year when I know he got injured as well. Uh, Gary J returning. Facade just returned again at Gauntlet for the gold. And, you know, just regular Danhausen fitting into things at AIW. Uh, we had a great spot in the match of Banana versus Spike. So it was Space Monkey and a Banana and Danhausen with a Spike. I think one of my favorite things, too... Space Monkey always does, or a lot of times does, a banana spot where, you know, he throws the peel and someone slips. This was the first time I'd seen it where he, like, threw it from outside of the ring. And I don't remember who was it that slipped. It might have been Danhausen. It was, like, a perfect timing. It was, like, splat, slip. Well, just, like, a perfect comedic timing thing. Yeah, that was that was maybe one of the best banana slips I've ever seen. It just worked out timing-wise. And then I don't remember who it was who came up after it. But, like, they went to run and they just... Move the banana peel out of the way like it was 
super easy. Like yeah. just like obviously remove this on here. Yeah. And then they went about their business, which I thought was cool. And like I said, I, I do believe he threw it uh, from the ringside area. Space Monkey did. Yeah, he was outside the yeah. ring. Somebody was going to dive on him. And before they came to dive on him, he threw it into the ring. And it was perfectly the, placed right in the middle of the ring. And and the, the arch of the throw. It, it, I want to see how it came off on video because it just from watching it, like it came out cartoon style, let's put it. Just I don't think you could have planned it any better. Yeah, and like I said, the only other thing about that match that, like, I mean, there were a lot of really good spots, this and that. It was great to see Gary J back. It just, it was glaring to me that the production was not out there with Dan Housen. It's something I, I just, I couldn't get my head around. It's not like, it would have made sense, like, maybe if, like, Derek came out with him and, like, he said, no, I'll go in the back, like, I got this type thing. But it was just weird that, and he had, like, his own separate theme music, so it was just, it was very odd to me. It was very non it's not very production like, which was just weird to me. It could have possibly been because their match was, or what ended up being their match, Eddie Only's match was next. And I don't know if it would have been the same effect that we had. I don't know. I just, I don't know. And then the other issue that, well, even then, we'll get into it in the next match. Like Dan Housen didn't show up with them. He literally came out of nowhere in the middle of the match, but we'll get to that, I guess, when we get to it. But like even like Dan Housen didn't come out with the production. Like he was never he wasn't seen with the production until they were all in the ring together at the end of their match. Yeah. And it just it it doesn't seem I don't know, there was just something weird about it. And I don't know if that's on purpose. I don't know if it's like you said, if it was just because the matches were the way they were, but it was glaring to me that they weren't out there with them. Or not like I said, even even if they would have been like one member comes out with him and he like sends him back to the back or something like that. Or even if like, like if they would have been like, cause he's the new member. If they would have had like the director's chair and had Frankie sitting in the entrance way, sitting on the director's chair, watching him almost like he's judging him, making sure that he's the right member for the production. But I don't know. It just, it was weird to me, especially because we talk all the time about how the production is so cohesive and how they are. So they are a group and you can always tell that they're together. It was just very weird to me. Maybe we can get some answers from them of where they were and why all that went down. But to wrap up this match, Space Monkey won after whipping Gary J in the face with his tail. Very devastating tail whip. Uh, I, I'm surprised that Gary J was alive afterwards. I feel like this was the first Space Monkey went in, in a while. It's the first time he's really been around in a while. I mean, outside of he's been doing a lot of tag team matches, but yeah. and this is actually this is probably his first match that he was in that wasn't like a strictly comedy match too in a long time. Yeah, I mean, because he's been with Dick for a while, and that's been well majority of his matches. Exactly. Of the last singles match. By the look of it, the last singles match in 2016 was against Carly Perez. Forgot about that whole ordeal. It's more or less because, like, Dick was with him, too. So it's like, yeah, Space Monkey had a singles match, but he was also still in the tag team, and Dick Justice was very much there with him. Uh, no, no, he's actually had, he had a couple singles matches last year. He had one versus Swoggle that he did lose, and one versus, well, actually, he didn't win any matches last year, minus the tag team match at Walk the Plank. He lost to Cabana at Jaylet, lost to Swoggle at the next episode, lost to Alex Daniels at House of the Rising Sun, and then Walk the Plank. Him, Dick, and Britt 
beat Carson, DCR, and Swaggle. But I think that was the other thing. Space Monkey was also wrapped in that feud with Swaggle. Britt Baker yeah, Swaggle and everything, and Britt yeah. Baker. yeah, yeah. So they didn't weren't really doing as much in the match that are, you know, like being competitors. It was more or less them being maybe doing run-ins or, or whatnot, but yeah. And then he got injured. I think, wasn't he supposed to be at Hell on Earth? And then that's when I think right before that's when he got injured. Yeah, and he had to, he took off for a few weeks to recover and then he was back, but like he just hadn't really come back here. Yeah. So that was his return. So I'm, like I said, I'm a huge Space Monkey fan. Probably one of my top five things, teams, whatever wrestlers in independent wrestling right now and such just such a fun gimmick next up we were talking about the production we had okay i gotta explain this you know first out came pb smooth comes out regular you know same music same everything and then all of a sudden we we hear a familiar theme it's not the production's theme it's not eddie only's theme it's actually pb smooth's old theme before he had the one that he's using now also might i say the superior theme really you don't like the call the corner theme i don't really like anything i don't is that a custom or is that just an actual song i think it's custom i'm i'm not a big fan of really any custom indie theme song i don't think any of them are all that good sean schultz i don't think any of them are really all that good um ethan page (laughs) i don't think any of them are all that good especially because ethan page's old theme song before they did the take me to church remix of it the original hell of a life theme song to me was like the like like you want to talk about getting hype when somebody's theme music started like just that that opening bass line from hell of a life knowing ethan page was coming out like that was like that was that's how it's done but like his custom thing and i don't really like any custom themes i think that the uh i thought that long live the sheep was a fantastic theme song but you know who am i i am but a guy I'm trying to think of who else has a custom theme. Cole Cabana? Cole Cabana is different because he's like, he's a brand. Yeah. And like that theme song also is like, like it, it goes into like his podcast and it's. It, it did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, things like that. And I think, uh, I mean, I guess like the, like PCO has a custom theme song, but I think that's a little bit different too, because he's not like known as an indie guy. He's known as like an old timer and how often like. That's a custom theme, but it's also like a cover of an existing or not exactly existing, but you know, his WWE Quebecers theme. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, either way, before we get into like this whole themes thing, yes, as we said, PV Smooth's old theme, Hailed Long Live the Chief, comes on and take it away Justin Summers right back to where you started. And it, it was kind of like you you were saying that you know, the production wasn't really with him. So the beginning of the match, you were seeing fucking Eddie only get beat down. But something I forgot when we were making picks is that it's Compton Rules. There are no fucking rules. As I was saying all show. Yeah. There's no rules. If you listen to I'm sure I'm sure you could probably hear me scream multiple times. There's no rules. So what would be a one-on-one match turns into a you know pretty much a handicap match and yeah simply put the production beat down PB to help Eddie only get the win, which I think is a very well-deserved win. Uh, he worked very hard to get that win. He had to put up with a lot of a lot of PV smooth offense to get that win, and he somehow pulled it out and got it. Very inspirational. Then this actually did lead into a little bit that we kind of kind of hinted at that it was Frankie saying that there's no power 
out there that compares to the production. And then on all of a sudden we hear Papa Shango's music. Out comes Papa Shango and then pretty much puts a, uh, after he gets in the ring, puts a voodoo curse on the production. They sell it extremely well. Magnum CK, Derek. Do sell it. They were vomiting up black voodoo. It was a, it was a voodoo hex, Justin Summers. There was no selling going on. That was, that was five human beings, four human beings, four. Eddie only, Magnum CK, five human beings vomiting up voodoo blood because they were hexed by a voodoo witch doctor in Papa Shango. No selling, Justin Summers. How dare you downplay the voodoo witch witch doctor black magic that Papa Shango put on those guys. I hope they're okay. I hope that they've gotten through it. I hope that whatever it was, it was very temporary. I can't believe you downplay it like that. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe that you know. I'm not the one who's so far away. When I feel the snake bite enter my vein, never did I want to be here again. Gross. And I, and I, I don't remember why I came. Gross. <laughs> okay, Howard the Duck. Anyway, that that did lead us into intermission, and we come back to. I did. I believe this was intermission. And it was intermission. Which did intermission seem kind of? Did it seem long or short to you? Oh, it kind of seemed long, didn't it? But I like. Could but, like, that be I was just of... thinking to myself, I was like, it seemed like a long intermission, but then like I was going back on it, and I was like, you know, it really didn't seem. It really probably wasn't that long because the show ended at a pretty decent time. Okay, the t- the timestamp on the result tweet was for the production was nine oh five. So you had the Papa Shango thing. So let's say that takes us to about nine ten, and then the next match tweet went out nine fifty three. Okay, so it was long. So, and not to mention that sometimes when I do those, I wait till everybody's out. So I'm going to take about, I'm going to actually take about eight minutes off that. So yeah, you're talking about half hour, close to it. Yeah, it seems like a pretty long, it's pretty long intermission. Was there a long line for Papa Shango? Uh, there was a good amount. There were a lot of, it looked like, I mean, I kind of got there just before the show started, but there was still Godfather, there was still a Godfather line. And I did see people getting back in line to take the Papa Shango picture. So yeah, there were a lot of, a lot of double dippers. Which maybe that's one of the reasons why they brought him in. Like, how many re- wrestlers are you going to be able to double or triple dip? Like, that, like that'd be almost be the equivalent of bringing in Foley and having like a meet and greet for each per, uh, person. All three, all three faces. Technically, you could do four with him too. That's you, true. You could just do him. Just straight up Mick Foley. But yeah, so yeah, it, it was a a decent length one. Sometimes I I don't know if that has to do with some of the behind the scenes stuff of getting people ready and whatnot. So I don't know. But that did lead us to coming out of intermission to this match. No consequences versus. Oh, I just <laughs> I just realized when I tweeted this, I totally missed Colin. Like I didn't tag him at all, but. Colin and Cheech and Josh Prohibition with two mystery tag team partners. So it was Trey Lamar, Josh Bishop, Chase Oliver, AJ Gray, and Gary the King Baller versus Colin, Cheech, J-Pro with the two mystery partners who just so happened to be the Jollyville Fuckets. I think that, that to me was a bigger surprise than Colin and Cheech. But then again, I think with Colin and Cheech, we were expecting some of us, like myself, was expecting like bigger names. Honestly, I could have, I, I would have been just as happy with last time when the partners were supposed to be somebody if it would have been the Fuckets. Like if it was like Josh Prohibition teamed with the Fuckets instead of with Team Infinity and Beyond. Like that to me, 
I would have even taken that. Like, the two Infinity and Beyond thing just didn't make sense. Because it just didn't make sense. I think it, it gave them something I did something enjoy to them do. being in it. Uh, note from the match, it's not something that we tweeted out. And I happened to be kind of, like, looking away. I think I was doing something with the Instagram stories for Wrestling Cheers. And all of a sudden, I heard a really loud skull-bouncing thud on the floor. Yeah. From Cheech. Yeah. I wish uh, Caden was on here because it was like right in front of him. So he, he saw all of it more than I did. Holy fuck. I, I'm kind of getting a headache just thinking about like if <laughs> I know obviously everybody who's listening to this wasn't there. Maybe you were. It's just pitch the sound of a skull bouncing. Like that makes the sound. That makes everyone, ooh. Call, like uh, Cheech went to the side, uh, the other side of the uh, the ring, kind of like hung out there for a while, and he was kinda, he looked out of it. I do know he did go to the hospital, but I don't There was a lot of blood. Yeah. A whole lot of blood. Like he, so <sighs> I was kind of in the same boat where I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. I was like doing something, and I heard that sound, which we're on two opposite sides of the building. Like anybody who has seen it, like you're ringside, like front row. You were pretty much right by where it happened. Yeah. I am on the other side of the other side of the room. Like I am, I am like in bleachers. I'm not even near the ring. I'm not even near ringside. And I heard the sound. I turned around and I just heard everybody go, oh, and I look and all I see is Cheech kind of like crawling with just blood all over the back of his head. And I looked at Adam and I asked Adam what happened. So, so from what I can tell, what happened was they were doing this spot where Cheech ran to Colin. Colin launched him in the air and he was supposed to like, like he goes up and over to the apron and hits a DDT on the apron. But instead of landing on the apron, he just went straight to the ground. Yeah. So he, he got launched upward and came from above the top rope straight to the ground onto the back of his head. Yeah. Which is not a, not, not a, not a thing that you want to do. No, I don't, I don't even know if there has been a like announcement of if he did get a concussion or anything. I'm actually like kind of looking it up right now, but like I said, he, he looked out of it after it happened. He actually tried to set up a table with Colin. I'm like, dude, just, just go to the back. Like we don't need to see you right now. Cause I'm feeling horrible right now. And you know, we did get it to where that they won that, that particular team Cheech Colin, the fuckets and J pro won uh, after, you know, cannonball through a table. But I, like I said, I do know he, he did go to the hospital. He, he happened to post a picture of a, uh, you know, a bandage around his head, which looked like he's in some sort of, you know, emergency room or something, but I haven't nothing of like saying what, what happened. Yeah, no, two hours ago, he posted something about getting stitches, so I'm assuming he had to get stitches for mm-hmm. whatever happened to the top of his head. But like I said, there was there was a good amount of blood pouring out of the back of his head. Yeah. Yeah, and like, like hopefully his brain's okay with, you know, if there was, there had to be potential of a concussion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Next up is uh, another very interesting match of the night. It has nothing to do with the match itself, but we will get into that. We've already hinted at it. It was Ethan Page versus Matt Justice. Um, I'll get the result out of the way really quick. And there's actually something that happened later post-match more, but Ethan Page won via the super spinning Dwayne into chairs. Now, the bigger story here, I, and this is another one I wish we had Ed from Pod Van Dam because he was right around where this all came from. And we all have stories from wherever we sit that there's one or two, if not more, like 
annoying fans where you're sitting. Like, I think I've had some annoying fan stories from people who sit by me, and you've probably had a couple annoying fan stories of people who sit by you, and you wouldn't, we wouldn't know those exact stories, you know, because we weren't exactly around these people. Well, only way to describe it is that there this particular fan, I guess it's being annoying all night for people that were in the bleachers. I think people, the other people who could tell you the story is, you know, other AIW fans, you know, Stacy. Yeah, he's um, there often. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been around him a couple times. I mean, he's he is annoying. Yeah. I, don't, I think Stacy could tell you. I think Moy Boy, Michael Moynihan could tell you. I even think uh, Pamela could tell you. The dude in the middle of them being of Ethan Page and Matt Justice being announced, I think he, he uttered the phrase, and I'm actually going to say it, no censorship, but he he basically said, Ethan Page, you look like a faggot. It was something along those lines. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, definitely so, threw it out there. If, if you're offended by that word, I'm just... You're doing it. You're not saying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just reporting you're it. You're just letting people know that that... Like, we could say a hard F word, and people could think we're saying fuck. But we're not saying fuck, so you have to say yeah, yeah. So, you have to say what it is. Yeah, so he didn't take too kindly to this, and I guess the same fan said some stuff to MJF, or some of the some different fans might have said some stuff to MJF earlier in the night. I do know I heard someone call MJF a retard, and that's I know is a very highly offensive word to many people. So that pissed him off for the show, and I think the same some of the same fans said something to him during the show. So yeah, like I I don't. I don't mind people having a good time or heckling people. And I think we've all kind of, I think most people are kind of in the same boat where like, sure, you're annoying, you're heckling people, you're making not funny jokes, you're saying things really loudly that don't make sense or that people can't even hear or tell what you're trying to say. But like, watch what kind of language you use. Like there's certain words like you just shouldn't use. Yeah. I think is kind of what the whole moral of the story is. And I'm pretty sure like, 99% 99% of the people in that building would agree. Pretty much before and after the match, Ethan Page just tore this dude up. Actually, during the match as well. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During, yeah, I, yeah. I forgot about the altercation. I was thinking more of on the mic, but yeah. there was a moment where it did spill into the crowd. And, and he Page actually did get in his face and like basically said, like, come on, do something. And it was kind of it was a little on edge. Uh, outside of this, which I mean, we can talk more about it, but I really want to point out like this is the first time in a while that we've seen like Ethan Page like get down and dirty in a match. And this match was one of my favorite matches of the night, even though like it wasn't like the craziness that happens in the next match or next two matches. Yeah, just in general, basically. But like Matt Justice now two shows in a row has just kind of taken people to their limits. And Ethan Page was brawling through the crowd. He was using chairs. I mean, he was he was getting he was getting out there. And I really I really like seeing that Ethan Page. And it's a it's a different type of animal that we get out of him. And I thought it was I I, I loved this match. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Uh, even despite the leprechaun uh, yelling obscenities and trying to make things about him so and i think the fun thing about all of that is post-match when ethan page got on the mic again tore him apart one more time while apologizing to the fan who you know heard him say a bunch of stuff prior to the match only thing this dude could say or do in response is he just flicked him off and then something that i didn't notice but it was pointed to me afterwards after this match the dude left 
Well, I didn't. I didn't notice that. I was. I was too busy enjoying the insanity of what was left on this show. Yeah, and then as far as I, I've heard reports from other fans that I guess the dude thought he did no wrong. So that's I think the other fucked up thing. No, and I I'm not surprised that he didn't. I mean, if you look at him, yeah, it doesn't look like he would think that he did any wrong by saying something like that. And like I said, normally, like even if you just said. Ethan Page, you look gay. Like, that's one thing. But it's just the particular word that he used. Yeah. And, uh, or you could have been like, Ethan Page, you look like a dick sucker. Like, I think that, like, there's other words that you could use that kind of convey the same thing. It's just the particular word. Yeah. It's kind of like when Ethan Page first kind of started wrestling for AIW. I think it might have been, like, his third or fourth time there. He was wearing, I think it was like an Oakland Raiders hat or something like that. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, the Raiders suck. He's like, I don't even know who this team is. I just like to act black. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. It's not necessarily an issue to say I like to act black. Like, it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing. But if you would have used like a hard N-word, like, it changes the connotation of everything. Like, it's saying the same thing. It's just the particular word you used was definitely not the word to use. Yeah. So I think I think that's kind of the... Uh, the gist of things you know I'm, that's my choose which words you use correctly you know so yeah that was that was that match yeah it was a it was a like i said it was a fantastic match top to bottom i thought it was i thought it was a fun if you like if you like crowd brawling this match is like 100 percent up your alley which most people love crowd brawling so how could you go wrong? Uh, next up, we had what turned out to be a four-way tag match, but let's uh, let's, let's get to that. Br- let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Oh, um, I forgot about the something happened between the match. Um, and with everything that happened, uh, Doctor Daniel C. Rockingham did come out to try to stop Ethan Page and Matt Justice from you know being you know high flyers. He, risk, he was risk, just you know. being a nice guy. He was trying to he was trying to help them realize that they didn't need to do this crazy stuff to be successful. And then he basically told Ethan Page he could get him a spot in the J-Lit and they shook hands and yeah. now they're best buddies. And now he's in the J-Lit. I mean, Dr. Dan gets things done. That's what he does. So the next match started off as a regular tag team match. We had PME versus Duke Money. Philly Collins, Rena Tagnaglia versus Jock Sampson and Mance Warner. And let me tell you something. That is a match I can get behind. That's a, I was just, I was happy with that tag team match. And then what happened next, Justin Summers? After a while, all of a sudden we hear the Young Studs music. So they added themselves to the match. And let me tell you something. Any show where there's no rules and Eric Ryan comes out, very welcome. I'm I'm welcoming I'm welcoming him. So let me tell you, this match got even better by adding the young studs. Then what happened, Justin Summers? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> new Jack's music hit. I know. And now if you're me, you go, Oh my god, how the hell did they get new Jack? Why would they book New Jack? What happened? Why is New Jack here? Did they get the gangsters? Because it makes no sense for New Jack to be here by himself. Who would they team New Jack with if they couldn't get the gangsters together? What's happening? And what happened, Justin Summers? It was none other than Weird Body and Worldwide. And they let had me tell the you. Match. And also, hold on. The fucking New Jack's theme played the rest of the match. As it should. That's that's how it was when New Jack came out and wrestled in ECW. 
the entire the song played throughout the duration of the match and the fact that they did it was fantastic and they came out with the the shirts with the beads and the bra- and like the shirts were braided up and they came out completely a new jack gimmick the cart with the weapons they did the guitar spot and they smashed the guitar which that that guitar shot was a million times better than the Jeff Jarrett guitar shot we got last show and i'll tell you just insanity ensues from there just Blood everywhere, guts everywhere. Eric Ryan almost died like three times with shopping carts. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't even. It blows my mind. Like ever, I don't think we could even. We could do an entire podcast just talking about each individual thing that happened during this match. Like it was just one of those like if you you needed like five different people watching the match because there was stuff going on everywhere. Yeah, like I was taking Instagram uh, story videos and it was just fucking nuts this you this, couldn't keep up this is going to be one of those matches that it's going to be interesting to see how it translates to the video format just because there's so there was just constantly so much shit going on yeah like what what did they get on camera what didn't they get on camera and and you know what the previous match too with uh or the two matches before the fuck it's to infinity beyond uh josh prohibition versus no consequences that that had a couple moments that would you know just shit was everywhere oh yeah that's it was definitely in the same type of vein where it was there's three or four people over here brawling there's three or four people over here brawling there's two guys over here brawling like it was all over the place and weird world won after a splash from weird body onto a uh, fucking shopping cart and then let me tell you weird body cut the best promo i have heard in indie wrestling maybe ever and maybe the best one in AIW since I would say the Ethan Page promo where he says that Jesus wears a cross with Ethan Page on it. Like this weird body promo blew my mind with how good it was. Like I was like I was I was ready to run through a wall after Weird Body cut this promo. Like it has to be seen to believe because you do not you're used to hearing worldwide talk. Mm-hmm. And he hands it to Weird Body, and I don't know how you felt about it, but I was like, Weird Body just killed it. Oh yeah, I I fucking loved it. I mean, Weird Body's not bad when he talks. I've you know he you know, we've heard him on the podcast and everything, so I I enjoyed hearing hearing more from him. And like I don't know if what that was supposed to be like. Uh, I don't want to say a mim- mimicking another different promo, but that was fucking awesome and does you know set us up a little bit for the you know Chandler Biggins Memorial Tag Team Tournament. They put the tag teams on notice. They yep. said if you're in that tournament, they're coming for you, and it's. Weird Body is a man on a mission. So next up, we have the main event of the evening, Nick Gage versus Hot Sauce Tracy Williams in a dream partner tag team match. And went kind of how I expect, but it, it it was good. Tracy Williams, well, he announced his partner was Dominic Greeny. And Nick Gage, his partner was Psychosis? No? Yeah, which I had seen that Psychosis guy walking around. I was like, what's wrong with this dude? Why is he drunk? Like, walking around all awkwardly, like... It was real weird. I think at one point there was a psychosis chant. Might have been during the dance match. I, I don't I don't know. I like he was sitting he was sitting behind you guys. He was leaning up against the wall over by us. He was sitting in the bleachers at one point. But yeah, it wasn't psychosis, believe it or not. It was none other than the returning 
filthy Tom Waller. Yeah, good, good surprise. Good, good team, good team choice. So this sets up a whole lot of shit. I mean, we obviously know, you know, Nick Gage and Tracy Williams, but this also means Dom and Lawler are, I'm guessing, not done. But this also leaves filthy Tom Lawler in in the title pitch. And actually, it's something I made a comment on during the match. I feel like these four wrestlers are pretty much the title pitcher over the next couple years. It's definitely uh it's definitely four of the top guys right now. Yeah. I mean Dom's definitely put himself up there as a guy who can have a good match with anybody they bring in and he has some real big wins and he has, he doesn't lose very often. And then Filthy Tom hasn't lost yet, really, and Tracy won the gauntlet and Nick Gage has the title. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's a it's definitely some of the top guys in the company right now. It's it was it was Again, if you like if you like brawls through the crowd, a lot of brawls through the crowd, if you like barefoot people walking through thumbtacks, which I don't know how you could like that, but hey, it's there if you want to watch it. Uh Dom is a is an animal. I don't know how you do that without like wanting to like die. But it was a it was a it was a vicious, violent, uh perfect ending to a really, really good night. And then, you know, that match did end with a victory from Nick Gage and Lawler when Lawler slammed Dom into tax. Which this this match, the previous match, and you know, the the previously mentioned fuck it's to infinity beyond J Pro versus No Consequences, just hectic. Hectic shit. Yeah, even even the Ethan Page meant Matt Justice, like I said, the uh, the lot of lot of brow crawling, and then even if you look like to the singles match with the uh, only and PV Smooth, with the production being out there, there was stuff going on everywhere. I mean, it was. I would say that the second half of that card was definitely like out there. Like it wasn't like your. It was. It definitely took advantage of the Compton rules mm. of the show. And then. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we didn't get the typical Nick Gage promo at the end. Yeah, I made that comment. Uh, it was, it was, was interesting. I was waiting for the, don't anybody fucking leave comment, but no, nothing. Yeah, like I figured he'd be like, Tom Lawler, fucking respect you. But if I gotta kick your ass to keep this title, I'll kick your ass to keep this title. Like I figured he'd say something like that, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But yeah, hell of a show. Like it, and like I said, it didn't. It didn't seem like it ended super late. I think it ended just before, like, like around eleven thirty, maybe. Uh, let me pull up the when the final tweet was sent via the twelve oh eight. Really that late? Yeah. Huh. Seemed like I was at the after party a lot longer than that because mm. I didn't leave for a while. Mm. But yeah, you know, then there was the AIW after party, which is your all around good time of an AIW after party. I don't know. I didn't go. All around good time. Telling Justin Summers, you gotta. You gotta find a place to stay out this way and come out one night. I woke up a little early, so no, I mean not early, early, but I woke up at a decent time, so I needed to. By the end of the night, need to get home. Yeah, I was up for about twenty-eight hours straight. By by time I got home and all was said and done. All right, um, how how would you rate uh, this show? Do the uh, we do the grading scale, right? Like the yep. like A through F type thing. Hmm. Mm. It's not an A plus because there were a couple matches that I would say were like could have done without or could have been better. Uh, it's definitely it definitely hovers in that like mid A to low A, maybe bordering on A minus. I'd maybe border it at an A minus. Yeah, I think and that- that's only only because like I I think that there could have been a little bit more gore, but that's just because I'm kind of a ghoul like that. 
but I'd say low A. I'd say low A just before A minus. Yeah, I think I would give it a A minus. I'm not huge on giving perfect scores out just on almost anything, but this was up there. I don't know how I'd rate it against other shows, like you know whether it be you know top five, top ten, like we talked about earlier. But uh, this was a very, very, very fun show. I did not walk out disappointed at all. And you know we're about to get into Jaylet, which helps us get into Absolution. So great things on the horizon. So I, you know, a good A minus. Yeah, I, I think that that's a. It's a very fair assessment, and it doesn't. I also like too because, like you said, it it brings us into where we're going with Jaylet and Absolution. It's not like it was a show where everything was a throwaway. It was just a bunch of violence for the sake of violence. Like everything, in typical AIW fashion, everything was the way it was for those specific reasons. Like Dance was on the show, and even without Janela being there, set up a little bit of a storyline with Janela. Yeah. Uh, MJF beating Lewis Linden is a really big deal in the AIW universe type thing. It was all the return, everything, the return of Gary J, another victory from the production over PB Smooth. So this just goes to, to yeah. make make you a- ask the question: How long before the production gets a shot at the tag team championships? Exactly. And not just that, is Gary J back? Or is it just kind of a, hey, we need someone here, let's bring Gary J in. Yeah. And so there's there's a lot of questions in the future that were set up perfectly by this card. And I I really, I like when AAW does that, especially on shows like this, because a lot of people like, like even if you go to WrestleRager 2, where there's a death match at the end of it, but there's the storyline of if Danny Havoc wins, he's retiring. There'll be a deathmatch tournament for the title. Mm-hmm. Like there's always there's always story and set up in an AIW show. And it's never there's never violence for the sake of violence. Everything always has its part, which is always a beautiful thing about a company like that. All right. Any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Um, At Rev Tintin on everything as far as plugs go. Uh, final thoughts, honestly, like I said, I've been following AAW for a really long time. And this show, um, outside of the couple things that I pointed out kind of bugged me, is as close to a perfect show as you'll get out of an indie show, especially if you follow the storylines of AIW. And like I said, I, I put it up there almost against any show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, I, I say go out of your way get the mp4 go out of your way to get the dvd uh it's it's a hundred percent worth your time watching the show begin to end and of course you can find myself at heavyset330 on all social media and you can also find the show on all the social media facebook twitter and instagram facebook.com slash wrestling cheers twitter.com slash wrestling cheers and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com please rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Still looking for those YouTube subscribers. And you can always go over to WhatAmNewver.net and help support the show out buying yourself a little bit of merch and check out all the shows on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, What's On Fight, Eurovision Showcase, Legends on Siren Radio, Old School at the Movies, and Chill and the 450 Podcast. Check out all of our podcast friends, such as Chris Clem's Cavs Cast, Wingcast, a wingman podcast with Steve Guy, Let the Hate Flow Through You with Jeremy Shear and El Hardano Diablo, Pod Van Dam. 
The Road Home from Wrestling, Rebel Life Media, Thrift Store Jobber, NEO Sports Insiders, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. And that will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And hashtag Dom Runs AIW. Later. Bless up to all the sex workers and bless up to John Thorne. Sometimes you 